Welcome back. Another episode of What Do We Know? I'm Jim Flanagan. Joined, as always, by uh, my co-host, Hari Rao. Hari, this is a special day for you, isn't it? Yeah, and I'm excited to learn. You and I both, pal. Um, I, uh, we, have a, we have a topic that's very near and dear to Hari's lifestyle right now, and it's given me a fair amount of anxiety because I have to, uh, I have to eat some, some vegan meals after this, which I'm not looking forward to. Whatever. That's, uh, that's why I planned this whole thing. This is bullshit. I didn't start a podcast to become a better person, all right? I uh, started it for the fame and fortune. <laughs> We're remote again in quarantine. James is in the studio. James, how are you? Uh, I'm, I'm great, boys. Very, very what's, good. Uh, what's, uh, what's life like in the studio? Do you, uh, I mean, because you are still open. Do you, yeah. do you have the occasional... Uh, podcast in-house yeah we're gonna um right after uh, this recording someone's coming in so it, it's uh the the flow is definitely i'd say halved uh okay. with in person i don't think you're supposed to admit to that uh hari this is an essential business because it qualifies as media so please uh stop telling on me <laughs> i'm wearing a wire <laughs> you're wearing a wire on a podcast <laughs> hari, needs, hari needs backups <laughs> this one's an extra track. Yeah. Hey, the FBI is not going to be listening to our podcast. So. <laughs> Don't say that. Believe in yourself. Come yeah, on, dog. <laughs> we might be able to get them as listeners. I feel like the word essential differs based on who needs it. Like, like I think a lot more things are essential if I want them. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's how the whole world works. Essentiality I, I, is relative. You know. I uh, I went. I bought a bicycle. <laughs> Oh, let's um, hear about this. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm now. I'm sorry. You you went on a bike ride earlier today. I did. I uh, I, I grabbed my cycle. That's what cycling enthusiasts call them. <laughs> and uh, and I uh, I cycled my way to a lake. Uh, oh my god. Had nice time. Had real nice time. Uh, a lot of downhill on the way there. Uh, real good day. Way back, brutal. Uh, <laughs> Like, it was so fun until, like, I'm just coasting down to the lake going, oh, I got to get out of here somehow. <laughs> Were you wearing a mask? I was not wearing a mask. Um, I. Uh, what are you, I the police today, Hari? <laughs> Jesus know, what Christ. What are you doing, dude? Should I get us called out and shit? <laughs> <This> is... <laughs> Were you Were you wearing a wire? <laughs> I was not wearing a mask. I was wearing a wire. Thank you. <laughs> um, thankfully, there was a strong headwind coming at me too, so that makes it even more fun when you're uh, when you're trying to ride up a hill on your first bicycle ride. Uh, they have the wind in your face, so it just looks like you're standing still the whole time. It just looks like you're balancing a bicycle because you're barely moving. So, what kind of uh, what kind of cycle? <laughs> first of all, thank you for showing it the proper respect. Oh my god! Um, I'm not gonna give the brand name because unlike you, I don't have sponsors on this show, so. <laughs> What about uh, what about you, Hari? Are you uh, are you still enjoying veganism plus butter? <laughs> I've actually cut out the butter and I got vegan butter now. So what? I, I, I believe I'm a hundred percent in. Yes. We've got we've got a lot of differing opinions on veganism today, and I think it's going to be uh, we're going to make this uh, a very fun look at uh, a, an interesting subject to a lot of people, but also a subject that. Like, a lot of meat eaters do not, they have a lot of negative conceptions about vegans. I'd like to kind of break through some of that today. I'd like to extend an olive branch to the Haris of the world. 
Yeah, those olives weren't aren't in any kind of fatty oils. Right? Oh my God! I'm so mad at you. <laughs> it's so funny and incredibly annoying at the same time. I don't know. I just I think this is an opportunity to come together. I've been giving you a, a very hard time for going vegan, and uh, it's certainly it, the only reason I like it bothers me is because it's such a better. You know, I just, I, like, I'm not looking to do anything like that, and it bothers me that you're bettering yourself for some reason. <laughs> I, don't understand, I don't understand my angst toward you. Well, I you bring up vegans around people, people have very strong opinions sometimes, one way or the other, <laughs> and uh, it's not vegans' faults. I feel like if you say vegan, people are like, oh, boy. And, and, and it comes from a place of not understanding. I really believe that. It comes from a place of not understanding. Because, like, I fucking, I had a burger with you, like, six weeks ago, Hari. You know? Eight weeks ago, whatever. Mm. You know? And it's well, like, now you think you're better than me? <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say that, that I'm a month in, and I, I don't call myself a vegan. I feel like I haven't been doing this long enough. And this is all, you know, I'm in the quarantine. So I am... A little bit concerned about what happens when this is over, or like when Thanksgiving rolls around. Yeah. Fourth of July, where and when the rib fest happens. <laughs> I think rib fest might be canceled. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's a good point, though. Vegans can't have as fun of festivals, can they? Most good festivals revolve revolve around some sort of meat. Yeah, but they can eat the grass on the lawn that you're walking on. You know. Okay. All right. All right. Plenty of food. All right, we're going down the wrong track. Here. Uh, <laughs> all right, what uh, what benefits have you experienced from your vegan lifestyle? Uh, just this feeling generally that I'm better than Jim Flanagan. <laughs> I get that. That seems fair. Wow. <laughs> Motivator. Like, what what prompted this? We talked a little bit about it last episode, but I think we can go a little bit more in depth now. What prompted this? When we started talking about um, the environment early on with Julie Lesnick, and mm-hmm. then Lucia came on to talk about recycling, I just started thinking a little bit more and more about like what I could do for the environment. Okay. And then I saw this documentary called Cowspiracy on Netflix. It was really interesting to learn the huge impact that animal agriculture has on the environment. And it's like we all try to do stuff like recycling and you think if you think of reducing fossil fuels as like driving less or or riding a cycle but (laughs) (laughs) i am so proud of you (laughs) i like the biggest impact and my understanding is like the biggest impact a, a person can have is by just reducing the amount of meat they eat in a week so like yeah even more than cycling okay believe it or not (laughs) Right. So, I don't know. It was just uh, it, it was something I could do. It doesn't cost any money, and I feel like uh, I'm finally contributing. I'd like to uh, I'd like to see a source on that uh, on that information before I go agreeing <laughs> with you. But I mean, well, I just mentioned the documentary Cowspiracy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna watch it and see if it specifies that uh, it's more impactful than cycling. But whatever, we'll take a. We'll take a look at that off air. Also, I feel like we have a source coming onto the podcast. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Shit. Okay. What are like? What are your what are your average vegan meals? What what kind of stuff are you making? I've been eating a lot of like alternative meats. 
like the Beyond Burger, oh my God. It's actually, to me, it's better than a regular burger. That's not true. Well, wait till you you try it, and you're gonna because we have this. Uh, as you mentioned, you're gonna you're gonna try it. <laughs> okay, um, but that helps. That that does make it easier to know that like I can mimic normal food. I'll tell you too. Uh, I just ate a pound of Beyond Beef fake meat. I think it was two or three days ago. Pretty good. Not yeah. Gonna lie. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. Now the, I should say disclaimer. That the Beyond Burger is actually not any healthier than a than Oh, regular. it's for sure not good for you, but it's right. delicious. So it is a plant-based burger, but I've been eating a lot. So it's not that's not a you wouldn't want to substitute with just that kind of food. I've been eating a lot of like uh, mushrooms and tofu, rice. And what do you put that stuff in? Wholemeal. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right, well, our guest uh, should be ready shortly. I'm sorry for interviewing you so much, Harry, but I felt like... Uh, <laughs> no, I'm serious. As someone who's going through this right now, I thought this was uh, this would be interesting. So, because um, this one is not... This is all very new to me. So we're going to... I, I want to learn a little bit about what you can do to to reduce that impact and, and, and the reasons why people go vegan and things like that. What are you trying to learn here, Harry? Well, I'm interested in just her perspective on veganism, and also, she is co-owner of Upton's Naturals, so I'm really Ooh. interested to hear about like meat alternatives. Awesome, I love it. Well, we've got a uh, we've got a really interesting guest. So Nicole Sapko um, is also the owner of a uh, of Nature Yoga Studio in Chicago. I'm excited to hear from her. What do you say? Uh, what do you say we bring her on? Let's do it. All right, we'll be right back. We are back with our uh, with our guest this week, Nicole Sopko. Uh, we're going to start with our first segment, three questions, uh, where our guest asks us three questions on the topic to see where our knowledge is. Nicole, would you mind starting with question number one? Sure. Question number one: Where does the word veganism come from? Where does the word veganism come from? I'm going to venture a guess and say that it derives from the word vegetable. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to disagree. Um, I think that you are correct question number two question number two is uh, what do vegans look like what do vegans look like well Hari do you want to do you want to describe yourself (laughs) I I feel like I haven't been doing this long enough to qualify (laughs) to say that you know uh, uh, to make that sort of proclamation but I will say I think that like when you think of vegan this this kind of stereotype is somebody who's really thin, and, and I don't mean this in, a, in an offensive way, but just like stereotypically, I've heard like not a lot of color in the face uh, because of the like not having uh, I don't know maybe animal, animal fats or something. This is coming from a big place of ignorance here, but I, I just feel like it's sort of the stereotype. And I do think a lot of my information comes from a place of ignorance. So I'm I'm with you on that. That's why I, that's why I like doing this to learn. Um, I think you're right. I think that the uh, the prevailing thought is that you know thin, small. Um, uh, but I happen to know that a uh, major league baseball player named Prince Fielder happens to be vegan, and uh, he's about 300 pounds. So I think that there are uh, 
there are some different ways. All right, Nicole, question number three. All right, number three. Um, what is the last vegan thing that you ate? I feel like mine will be easy because I just ate some oats <laughs> and some blueberries. That's yeah. Right. I wouldn't even I don't even I wouldn't even know where to begin. I don't I mean I had an apple once. That probably didn't have any <laughs> animal products in it that I'm aware of. This is not my strong suit. Um, <laughs> I'm okay. really interested in Jim's answer to this. Yeah, I don't I mean the last time I ate vegan was probably like I had a smoothie the other day. I would I would have to assume uh, it was mostly vegetables and a little bit of pork chop. Does that count? Oh, I'm just kidding. It was all vegetables and fruit. I think it was the last time I had a smoothie. But I don't know if there were other animal byproducts involved. I have no idea. Yeah. Hari, you know, you have an answer for that one, Hari. I don't. Nicole, uh, thank you so much for, for taking the time to join us today. One of the things we do, we uh, we always, every episode we bring an expert in to talk to us. We always use the word expert loosely, but we do want to understand where people's uh, experience came from. Can you tell us a yeah. little bit about what makes you an expert on this topic? Sure. Okay, so I have been um, a vegan since 1996. I was 16 years old then, so I've been vegan for more than half of my life. And despite being vegan for half of my life, I am still alive. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I have also, for the past 10 years, worked for a vegan food brand. So a lot of my time is spent in the vegan natural food space you know, professionally finding out what kinds of products are out there, supporting other vegan brands. In 2016, as part of my role as the vice president of that food brand, I uh, was one of the founding members of the first trade association for vegan food companies to represent products in our space and companies making these kinds of products both in the government and to the public and in the media. So I spend a lot of time on this. That's great. And now just for clarification's sake for, for the layman like me, what yeah. is the real difference between vegan and vegetarian? Okay, so uh, I think the main difference, um, the most obvious difference between eating a vegan diet and eating a vegetarian diet is that a vegetarian diet still includes some animal products, um, primarily dairy, eggs, um, and a vegan diet uh, excludes animal products entirely. So vegans do not consume anything that comes from an animal. I just, I, I'm going to call Hari out here because Hari's been uh, living mostly vegan. Um, we're not going to talk about the butter incident. That's fine. But is, is alcohol, is some alcohol vegan and others not? Yeah. So there are even websites that you can use to find lists of, of vegan alcohol. I actually don't drink alcohol, so I'm not super knowledgeable about this, but some types of alcohol are filtered using non-vegan products like fish bladders. Uh, so you can oh. find, yeah, <laughs> so you can find lists online of, of different kinds of alcohol that don't use fish. When you think about abstaining from anything that has animal products, I imagine among vegans, some are more hardline than others, maybe. Like, I read somewhere that some vegans will avoid almonds because uh, cultivating almonds involves a lot of destruction of beehives and stuff. I don't know exactly why, but is that anything you can speak to? 
Yeah, so definitely there are people who avoid different kinds of products for different ethical reasons. Um, the actual definition of veganism from the Vegan Society in the UK might be helpful here. Okay. Um, it says that veganism is a way of living which seeks to exclude as far as is possible and practicable all forms of exploitation of and cruelty to animals for food, clothing, or any other purpose. So it goes beyond diet, and I think in some ways it's up to the individual, you know, what, where, they, where they fall on that spectrum. There's some hard lines about, you know, what is vegan and what isn't, I think, that are generally accepted, but there are vegans who don't consume food products like palm oil. Um, okay. You know, maybe you've read about uh, orangutan habit destruction and um, things that happen as a result of conventional uh, harvesting of palm oil. So, you know, some people won't consume palm oil. Some people won't consume chocolate that's harvested with slave labor. So I think everybody has different lines. I think that most vegans do consume almonds. There are some issues for most kinds of farming around bees being brought in and trucked around to pollinate different crops. And I think that that is an ethical issue for some people, certainly. But I think that happens with a lot of kinds of farming. And a lot of times issues like that, you know, like, almonds use bees or figs are you know are pollinated by insects and so therefore aren't vegan those kinds of things are used to kind of one-up vegans or to try to call <laughs> vegans out on ethical inconsistencies the definition of veganism itself is what is possible and practicable you know i have tires on my car i have mm -hmm. you know i have various things that could contain animal products but i'm doing my best and that doesn't mean you know it's not one extreme or another necessarily sure, sure. So it's safe to say that like veganism is a spectrum yeah I think that there I think that there are some things that are generally accepted that that would not be vegan right like consuming dairy products aren't vegan but it does start to get kind of subtle you know once you go beyond those things you know is sugar that's refined using animal bone char vegan or not vegan you know and how do you and how do you find that out for every product that you consume that contains sugar whether the sugar is vegan you know there are a lot of things that come up if you want to get really really into it <laughs> Nicole what was your reasoning for uh, for going vegan yeah so I like I said I became vegan as a teenager and mm. um I grew up in um, hardcore punk music subculture. Oh, so, cool. And so at that time in the 90s, there were a lot of vegan bands. There were a lot of people who are vegan. And so for me, you know, when I think of what a vegan looks like, I think of someone who looks like me, who has tattoos and who has, who's like mm -hmm. a little bit subculture. Um, of course, that's not everybody who's who's vegan, but um, but to me at that time, you know, everyone I knew who was vegan was was a young punk, and um, I think a lot of that is just you know bucking popular culture. But also, as a teenager, you have very little control over the things that you can change in the world and what you can do to improve the world. 
but you can control what you eat, you know, three times a day, and you can decide, you know, what you want to vote for with your dollars, you know, such as it is. Sure. So what are the main reasons that people go vegan? I think that they vary, right? And I think it's kind of one of these things where sometimes you go vegan for one reason, but then you find out about all of these other reasons Mm -hmm. and they become important to you. For me, you know, I went vegan because of an ethical issue. I, I had an ethical issue with the treatment of animals inside of our food system and also animals that are exploited for entertainment um, or clothing, other products. But there are people who become vegan for health issues. You know, a vegan diet isn't necessarily, um, quote unquote, healthy. It do- you know, it doesn't have to be healthy. We still have sugar. We still have fats. Um, and those things aren't necessarily bad for you. But, but I'm saying that a vegan diet isn't necessarily healthy. But what it lacks does make it generally healthier than the standard American diet. So we don't have a lot of saturated fats. There is You can't consume cholesterol at all as a vegan because cholesterol only comes from animals. Mm. Um, and then there are people who become vegan for environmental reasons. The environmental impact of farming grains and vegetables, um, fruits, is much, much, much lower per pound or per calorie than the environmental impact of farming meat, dairy, and eggs. Mm-hmm. Some of the uh, negative, I don't know if it's negative, but some of the perceptions about veganism um, are without meat and, and eggs and some of those other things, you can't get some of the nutrients that are necessary to you. What do you say to that? Yeah. Well, there are a lot of vegans who have been living for decades sure. <laughs> with, with, on a vegan diet. You know, I think one of the main ones that people get really worried about all of a sudden everyone becomes a nutritionist when they find out that you're a vegan is <laughs> is protein. Um, there are lots and lots and lots of plant sources of protein. In fact, people often point to the fact that some of the largest land mammals that exist are eat an exclusively vegetable diet. So a rhinoceros, where do they get their protein? An elephant, where do they get their protein? Um, The same kinds of places as vegans. I don't think Mm -hmm. I'm eating exactly the same diet as a rhinoceros, (laughs) but... (laughs) But, you know, beans, seeds, nuts, some vegetables are high in protein. In general, people who are getting enough to eat aren't nutrient deficient enough to, you know, be really suffering. Most people who get enough food are also getting enough nutrients. And what are some, like, high-protein foods in a vegan diet? So it is foods like beans and lentils, all kinds of nuts, quinoa, seeds, um, nutritional yeast, which is a very vegan food. Um, primarily, this is a food that you learn about when you become vegan. Have you started eating nutritional yeast yet, Hari? Yes, yes. Okay. Right. <laughs> and what I do you think? Well. I love it, actually. It adds a very, like, cheesy type of flavor. And I was a yeah. huge fan of cheese. And that was the one, like, one thing that I really was tough to give up. And I was actually very surprised by how good alternative cheeses taste. Yeah, and I have to say that the world of commercially available vegan products has changed a lot um, since the mid-90s. There are a lot more options now to the point where 
I mean, to me, it seems so impossibly easy <laughs> to be to eat a vegan diet um, because there are so many options out there. There's something for everyone. But yeah, in terms of protein, you know, foods like nutritional yeast, and then also, um, you know, lots of meat alternatives ha- are high in protein. So things like tofu, um, seitan, and tempeh are all high in protein foods. What is seitan and tempeh? Like, what is the bit? <laughs> Yeah, so um, seitan is a meat alternative made from wheat protein. You can think about it kind of like the ingredients are kind of the same, and it's about as processed as a loaf of bread, but it's cooked with water. So what happens in traditional seitan production is that you take wheat flour, you make a dough, and then you wash it under water so that the starch comes out, and what remains is the wheat protein, which is called wheat gluten. The wheat gluten is high in protein. In fact, seitan is generally higher protein than even meat. And it's really simple ingredients. It's just, you know, wheat, water, and then whatever flavoring, spices, soy sauce might be in there. Tempeh is a soy product. Um, It's a fermented soy, so it's considered especially healthy. It's kind of, it's just, it's kind of, weird maybe for people who didn't grow up eating tempeh or or aren't familiar with it but it's a certain kind of mold is grown on soybeans and it kind of makes it into like a little cake or I don't know a patty or something and then you eat it. (laughs) How does that differ from uh, because I think traditionally when people think of soy they think of uh, tofu. Yeah, tofu, um, I don't know exactly the process for making tofu, but I think tofu is more, like, the beans are made almost more into, like, a soy milk that's then solidified somehow. Um, And then there's other, there's, like, other soy products that are made as part of making tofu. Like, there's a skin that's called yuba. And a lot of these foods, like, for me, uh, because I am a white Midwesterner, when I became vegan, a lot of these foods were new for me. But, you know, for a lot of people, soy foods like tofu, tempeh, yuba are traditional parts of of their diet. So it's not as unusual for everybody. See, this is all very new to me. And this is where I get skeptical. Because, like, (laughs) when Harry's talking to me about making me eat vegan meals, like, he's like, you'd be surprised how much it tastes like cheese. You know what tastes like cheese every time? Cheese. (laughs) <laughs> so that's where. So if I'm if I'm looking to you know try a few vegan meals, where's a good place to begin? Where do you like? What are some recommendations? I think one of the mistakes that that I think people make when they decide to start trying vegan food is that they go way away from the foods that they already like and eat. And, of course, you know, getting adventurous with your eating is great. For me, like I said, I grew up um, I grew up in the suburbs of Detroit eating the 20 meals that my mom made. And mm-hmm. I had never had, you know, Thai food or Indian food or Middle Eastern food. And so becoming vegan for me was a tremendous gateway to, and, a, and an opportunity to try a lot of different kinds of food. And that's something that I'm really grateful for. But... You know, if you're trying to eat a vegan diet and you decide, and you know, your regular diet is whatever, burgers and pasta and sandwiches, and you decide that you're just going to eat rice and vegetables, 
it's going to be a lot harder than if you try to seek out those alternatives to recreate the meals that you already like. Mm -hmm. I think understanding that it might not be, you know, not every alternative is a one-to-one replacement for meat or dairy, but finding new things that you like just as much, they're definitely out there. And on the subject of alternatives, I mean, it seems that you also combine healthy choices into your vegan diet. What do you think of things like I had a Beyond Burger the other day and it was just, oh, it was so amazing. It was better than an actual <laughs> burger, but I read that it's also not very healthy. Yeah, I, um, full disclosure, I haven't had a Beyond Burger because I'm allergic to one of the ingredients. Um, mm-hmm. I'm allergic to coconut oil, uh, <laughs> but I've heard, you know, that people really like them. And I think you know, healthy is relative, right? Like, if the, if the complaint that people have about a Beyond Burger is that it has too much oil and fat, well, the meat version isn't going to be really that far off from that. So I think, you know, if you're making a choice and you decide to consume the version that doesn't have, the, that also doesn't have the cholesterol, it doesn't have the environmental impact, it doesn't have the cruelty, then to me it seems like a no-brainer you know, if you think that they're both good. <laughs> Makes sense. I just don't understand the idea that it's better than the real burger, Harry, because it's it's imitating the real burger. I think it's like the Coca-Cola recipe. You're not allowed, they don't tell you exactly the proportions of everything in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've, I, I've tried it, and even James has... I mean, people rave about them. I'm not, but the better than, that seems like hyperbole, but Okay. <laughs> I think the thing to remember also about what we consider to be traditional food, which are, which are the meat and dairy options, is that the burger doesn't just come off a cow tasting like that. We use plants to make it taste better. We use spices and whatever else to make it taste better. And so, you know, having a plant version is not necessarily trying to exactly match, though now a lot of meat alternative brands are trying to exactly match the, the experience of eating a, a burger made out of a cow. You know, a lot of brands and a lot of people for many years have been just trying to make something that's good, that has ingredients that you can feel good about eating. What other, I mean, there's a lot of, I'm sure you hear some of the uh, anti-vegan sentiments or arguments that are out there. Are there any uh, Are there any myths or things that you would like to dispel? Hmm. I mean, I think the protein thing is a big one, that mm-hmm. you can't eat protein as a vegan. You definitely can. You know, there are vegan athletes and bodybuilders and people who are who are eating mostly protein on a vegan diet. That's definitely possible. I think there are there is also this opinion that vegans are kind of sanctimonious, right? <laughs> I feel like we've all heard this that <laughs> vegans are. Um, I would never say of... that, Nicole. <laughs> <laughs> if you but guys I'm have sure heard you... that, maybe. No, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, and I think um, you know. In some cases, that's right. Like, some vegans are impossible and, you know, are maybe people that you personally wouldn't like, but there are people that maybe you personally wouldn't like of every background. Um, So I wouldn't let that turn you off from veganism entirely. I think because I've been vegan for um, 24 years... I am really 
we we talk about like old vegans like we're very, I'm very established in my mm-hmm. veganism and I'm not too much of a zealot but sometimes when you find out about something all you want to do is tell other people about it and so new vegans tend to be very enthusiastic to the point that maybe they rub other people the wrong way <laughs> it's like joining crossfit just want to tell you to work out of <laughs> it's a lot like joining crossfit <laughs> And I think a lot of that really does come back to people just part, – sure, part of it's them talking about it. But, like, again, when Hari told me, like, I had annoyances about it that had nothing to – like, it was about how it impacted me. About You know what I mean? It's about how it made me feel about myself that he's getting better. And I feel like that's unfair to, you know, to, to, to lump people together and, and, uh, and think that way. Also, I think about, like, when I first started stand-up, I wonder how – how many people I annoyed trying to run bits by them. Mm. <laughs> I can tell you one. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Not at all, buddy. I wanted to ask just, I, I feel like we should touch on the environmental aspect. Like, are there, like, if somebody's like, how does being vegan help the environment? It seems pretty obvious, but there's any points, like, just general points you can make about that? Yeah, I don't, um, I don't have any statistics right here in front of me, but generally speaking, you know, if you think about raising a cow for slaughter, it takes, you know, some hundreds or thousands amount of pounds of whatever that cow is consuming in order for them to grow to a few hundred pounds of meat. Whereas those, you know, thousands of pounds of plant foods could just be eaten directly without, you know, the cow is kind of the middleman. And if those plant foods are eaten directly, then there's more to go around. There's an equal amount of protein. You know, there are some statistics about how um, if we just ate those plant proteins directly rather than running them through a cow, it's more environmentally friendly, there's less um, waste, there's less methane, there's less poop, there's less contamination, there's less cruelty, um, all of those things. So where does dairy fall into this? Because some might say, well, uh, you know, if you're for milk or eggs, you're not uh, uh, not slaughtering the animal. I think um, in some cases, if you're interested in lessening animal cruelty, dairy and eggs are generally actually more cruel. Animals raised for meat are killed as babies, so they're raised maybe a few months and then killed for food, generally speaking. But animals that are raised for dairy and eggs, the females anyway, the males are killed almost immediately because they're quote-unquote useless in terms of producing dairy and eggs. But the ones that live, live for years in cramped, confined conditions where, you know, a mother cow gives birth over and over and over again, impregnated mechanically or artificially by a human and has their has baby after baby after baby taken away. You know, a, a mother cow, a cow doesn't give milk just, you know, cows are mammals just like us. They don't just give milk. They have to be pregnant and have given birth in order to give milk, and in order um, for us to take that milk, the baby is taken away. It's a misconception to think that just because you're consuming dairy that you're not uh, consuming something that uh, results in slaughter. 
Yeah, I mean, the a, a big byproduct of the dairy industry is uh, veal calves. A lot of people are opposed to the treatment of veal calves and choose not to consume veal, but the male calves that are born to dairy cows are slaughtered young as veal. Again, not always, but generally speaking. And the females, you know, are raised to replace their mothers. Um, dairy cow, I think, also has a short life, maybe a few years, whereas naturally they would live to be in the teens, 20s, 30s. But as soon as they stop being economically productive, <laughs> then they're slaughtered as well. All right, well... Uh... <laughs> There's a segment we're about to go into that I really don't know how to directly after such a... Uh, I'm, a I'm a real good time. Direct and passion. <laughs> no, it's, it's very direct and important and impassioned. But we are coming to the point of our program where we have a subject called Hari's Hot Button. And here's the thing about it, Nicole. Um, <laughs> every week, Hari makes up the introduction to the segment. And I never know what it's going to be until it happens. And <laughs> you know what? The timing of it couldn't be better. So uh, mm-hmm. with all that being said, uh, let's go ahead and uh, let's introduce Harry's Hot Button. That's all I'm saying is people have a choice. Yes, animals eat other animals, but humans have a choice. I don't think a lion in the Serengeti ever watched a gazelle walk by and thought, eh, I had that for dinner last night. Ooh, that's hot. <laughs> Hari, was that, was that you doing stand-up comedy bits about veganism? Well, I had to put a laugh track in the background. and then. <laughs> <laughs> ah, thank you, Hari. All right. Um, it's America's favorite segment, Nicole. We have to do it. Uh, one of the things that... Um, Hari's a man of controversy is what it all boils down to. He likes to know what, what people are getting upset about and what right now uh, is a real hot button in the world of veganism. Yeah, so I think timely and somewhat of a, of a hot take is the link between COVID-19 and animal consumption. Mm. Um, it's a real difficult conversation as a vegan, right, because... It's undeniable and it's proven that these kind of zoonotic viruses keep coming up and are coming from from the way that we're raising animals for food. You know, um, coronavirus came from wet markets in China, but we have similar markets and we have similar instances and similar problems with the way that we farm animals, raise animals for food in the U.S., swine flu bird flu, mad cow disease have all come from the way that we're raising animals for food. So, you know, as a vegan, this is something that is demonstrable and is true, but also has elements of compassion in terms of, you know, people are suffering right now. So does it make sense to point fingers right now? And if not, then when? And, um, and also elements of cultural sensitivity. You know, I don't know why someone ate a bat or a pangolin, and I can't assume to know why. So, um, so I'm not ca- casting judgment on a person who did that. But 
acknowledging instead the bigger problem. What is the bigger problem? (laughs) That the way we're raising animals for food is a problem that's going to keep coming back again and again, potentially. Um, The way we use antibiotics in raising animals for food is creating antibiotic-resistant bacteria. Those things seem problematic. (laughs) That's really interesting. So, But you're saying within the vegan community, like there's a lot of debate going back and forth on... Do we say? Do we talk about this right now? Do we not talk about it right now? You know, because of the sensitivity and all that. Is that part of what you're saying? Yeah, I think. I mean, there are there are certainly people who are really comfortable pointing fingers and placing blame on people for what they eat. But of course, you know, the more nuanced approach and the more nuanced conversation really needs to be like, you know, what options do people have? You know, where is their food scarcity? Um, it's a bigger topic, and you know some people look at it as really black and white, and some people see the gray areas. I, I think that the consumption of animals, that the consequences of that, I think in general is a thing that doesn't really get like a mainstream conversation. I mean, even you know the quintessential environmental documentary and inconvenient truths, I don't think even touches on animal agriculture. You know, some have argued that that. Uh, is even more detrimental to the environment than uh, fossil fuels. So um, uh, the consumption of animal products in the spread of something like virus, I think, is probably a conversation that it probably deserves more attention. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I think it's. I think it's fair to ask that people at least do their own research and start to think about it. You know, you know. Of course, people always come up with the immediate, you know, what about people, what about Inuit people, or what about people who don't have enough to eat? Well, I'm not asking them to consider veganism, but I'm asking people who have access and opportunity and the ability to consider even changing their diet a little bit to maybe look at the ways that it might make the world better for everybody. Well, I got to be honest. I mean, I, uh, I, I certainly no, no. I have a much better understanding now uh, than I did go walking into you know this today. And you don't always think you know some of the impact, but you don't always think about the impact. And uh, I certainly think I can be a lot better in that regard. On the topic of uh, animal consumption and disease and virus, how do you vegans deal with animal testing? I think generally um, to be approved for human consumption, all medication is tested on animals at some point. You know, some it was in the very distant past for medications that have been around for a long time. But I think in general, vegans aren't avoiding necessary necessary life-saving medications for that reason, but might avoid, you know, things that are unnecessary or in terms of things that where there are are alternatives, so like beauty products, you might choose one that isn't tested on animals. Or, you know, when I get a flu shot, you can choose between a flu shot that's incubated in egg or one that is egg-free. So you can choose a egg-free flu shot. Um, just little things like that. If there's a an option that is maybe more in line with my ethics, then I try to choose it. But of course, if I need a life-saving medication, I'm not going to um, skip it. <laughs> sure, yeah. Well, you said one reasonable and practical, right? I mean, I think that's uh, that's a big key here. 
So let's come back to our final segment, three answers, where we get the answers to those questions you asked us earlier, Nicole. Nicole, can you remind us what was question number one? Question number one was, where does the word veganism come from? And I said it derives from vegetables, but I feel like I just went for the obvious. It's a part. gimme. I disagree with Hari because I have no idea. <laughs> well, um, the answer is that the that you're wrong. Um, <laughs> the term vegetarianism um, came into use in the 1840s. So we'll start with vegetarianism, which is where the word veganism derives from. The word vegetarianism was derived from the Latin word that means lively or animating. So it was said that a, a vegetarian diet made you more lively. People wow. at that time in the 1840s who were abstaining from meat, it was generally that diet was associated with religious conservatives. And a lot of people at that time who were eating a vegetarian diet were also concerned with ethics, would also be avoiding the products that came from slavery. So they wouldn't wear cotton um, and they wouldn't consume things like coffee. Um, in 1944, uh, in the UK, Donald Watson founded the Vegan Society, and he created the word vegan, basically just a shortening of the word vegetarian. I'm fascinated that conservatives were known for their vegan lifestyles. That's a very, <laughs> that certainly has flopped over the years. Okay, uh, question number two. What do vegans look like? Okay, and I think I kind of took this <laughs> pretty literally. Yeah. And uh, um, I, I had always thought vegan look was associated with somebody who was very thin. Um, I had heard it say that that's the absence of some meat products like the collagen in meat uh, can produce like less glow in the face. And I feel like uh, that was a way different direction than where we probably intended this question to go. I figured the real answer was <laughs> going to be vegans can be anyone, just like us. <laughs> I And you're right. Vegans can look like anything. I think there's a real um, assumption that vegans are thin or even malnourished or are some kind of um, hippie or something. But vegans literally look like anyone. You know, you can look at a lot of um, celebrity vegans as an example. You talked about Prince Fielder. Um, you know, Joaquin Phoenix is a vegan. There's a lot of professional athletes, uh, professional football players that are eating a vegan diet for performance reasons. And there are fat vegans. There are thin vegans. There are tall vegans, short vegans. We've got it all. So <laughs> if you're thinking that you don't look vegan, you do. And we'd love to have you. <laughs> awesome. And question number three. The last vegan thing that you ate. Oh, and I said oats and berries. I, I feel like uh, I'm pretty safe there. And All I right. said I had an apple once. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what the last vegan thing that you ate was, but I think it's something to think about because a lot of times people think that the only way to eat vegan food is to deliberately seek out something that's vegan. There's a lot of food out there that's what we refer to as accidentally vegan. The manufacturer or whoever didn't maybe intend to make a vegan product, but they did, like Oreos or Nutter Butters or really? uh, a lot of kinds of commercially available bacon bits are made from soy with smoke flavoring. So you can get a lot of vegan foods 
including apples, bananas, peanut butter, and jelly sandwiches without intending to quote-unquote eat vegan. Oreos and Nutter Butters are vegan? They're vegan. You don't right, even have right, to. Can, you don't even have to say goodbye. I can handle this for two days, Harry. That's okay. This just got <laughs> way easier. I don't think the challenge in, in, involved you eating two days worth of Oreos. <laughs> Why not? It's it's within the parameters. Oh, that's good to know. If someone were starting to look into the vegan lifestyle, uh, what what are some tips for some for some easy vegan meals? Yeah, I think eating things that you already know that you like is a good place to start. And then mm -hmm. maybe, I don't know, whatever, once a week or something, try something new. Be willing to try a lot of things because, of course, you're going to encounter some things that you don't like. And don't feel like, you know, sometimes people start a vegan diet and they think that it needs to be a radical transformation from the diet that they were already eating in terms of, um, you know, the amount of calories or the, the quote-unquote healthiness you know, just eat the things you already know that you like, but make them vegan. Is there anything from Upton's Naturals that Jim can go to the store and get that you would recommend for his first foray <laughs> into this? Yeah, um, so the brand that I work for, Upton's Naturals, we, we make a lot of products, but we are primarily a meat alternative brand. And our seitan, which again is that, um, is that, alternative made from uh, wheat protein is can be a really um, good alternative to meat. Um, we have a seitan that is called chorizo seitan, which is similar to a chorizo made with meat, um, except for that it is oil-free. So if you like an oily chorizo, just add oil to it, whatever kind of oil you like when you cook it. But that's a really easy alternative. You can just cook it up in a pan with some oil or water and then, you know, make whatever you would make with a meat chorizo, like a tacos or nachos or whatever it is that you eat. <laughs> Jim, are you a chorizo fan? Of course. There you go. <laughs> All right. Looks like... Uh... Looks like that's going to be one of the things on the menu. Awesome. But Nicole, we can't thank you enough. You Now, you also, one other thing real quick, and we may, uh, we'd love to talk to you about this at a different point, but you also own a uh, yoga studio as well. Is that correct? Yeah, I have a yoga center in, um, in Chicago at Damon and Division called Nature Yoga Sanctuary. We're celebrating our 16th anniversary this year if we, if we ever reopen. <laughs> <laughs> Are you doing much uh, virtually right now? Yeah, I'm teaching a lot of virtual yoga right now. It's um, really great. Awesome. If people have questions on uh, either of those two things, is there anywhere they can find you? For yoga, you can find us at natureyoga.com or on like Instagram, it's Nature Yoga Sanctuary. And then Upton's Naturals is Upton's, U-P-T-O-N-S, naturals with an S, dot com, and the same on social media. Also, Upton's Naturals has a vegan restaurant in Chicago at the corner of Grand and Hoyne called Upton's Break Room, which is open right now for takeout. Awesome. awesome. There you have it. It's Harry's next yep. uh, to-go meal. Uh, again, we can't thank you enough for coming on and joining us today. Yeah, thank you. Um... I learned a lot today. One of the things that I cannot get out of my head is that there are just fucking <coughs> trucks full of bees. <laughs> Did you guys catch that? Imagine getting into a car accident with a truck full of bees. Like, that is... I think that, they did that in Tommy Boy. 
<laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Bees in the car. Bees in the car. You don't remember bees in the car? <laughs> no, I don't. Oh, Jimmy. You got a last time, boy. Bees oh, in the car. so long, son of a bitch. We, we've covered the fact that I don't watch a lot of movies. And uh, it's been a little while since I've seen Tommy Boy. <laughs> I just never thought about the fact that there are bee trucks just out there in, in the real world. You see, I always thought they just gave them iPhones with GPS and just sent them to other farms. <laughs> I just assume that any truck around me has a bunch of bees in it. That's fair. <laughs> That's probably a better way to live your life. Because then you'll never be surprised by it. To bees or not to bees. Okay. All right. You know what? Uh, when James did the iPhone joke, I was going to do a joke about they have like a rideshare service called Bieber. Oh, my uh, God. Where Justin Bieber drives them around? <laughs> exactly. But I didn't. I showed the restraint. So uh, you guys never have to hear that bad joke. That's what happened today. Um, Jim, I'm actually really excited to to learn about your foray into veganism this next coming week. How many days do you think you can handle? I mean, they're not going to be in a row. Um, <laughs> two days is a lot. I think All right. I, I can only eat Oreos for about 17 straight hours. <laughs> so I'm going to need a little break in the middle. I'm going to need a little break uh, in the middle. Um, and then I'll come back to it. But I'd like to, I will do some vegan meals and I will even, tr- like, I'll, I'll step out. I won't just BS it. I'll, I'll, I'll get, like, an actual, you know, vegan meal and try it. I'd say definitely get a Beyond Burger. Make that your first yeah. thing, I think. And you, you'll actually realize that it's not so terrible. And uh, and actually, I do actually have some Upton's Natural stuff. This isn't a plug. Um, and it's pretty good. So see what you can find. All right. I'll give it a go. What uh, What's on your vegan menu tonight, Harry? What are you guys having for dinner? More rice and garlic? Uh, a few pieces of broccoli and some radishes. <laughs> <laughs> no, that sounds fulfilling. See some turnips. <laughs> Oh, my God. Oh, it's great. Maybe a scallion. Who knows? <laughs> Just going to jump into an onion. <laughs> <laughs> Nicole was awesome to join us. It's not maybe the most uplifting news to hear, you know, uh, but, I mean, it's it's really important stuff to think about your consumption and uh, and the blueprint we leave. So I think that's, uh, you know, it, it just made me think a little bit more. And one thing I, I, I would say, too, is that, I think when th- people think of a vegan lifestyle, they think that it would be very hard to, you know, have that kind of diet. And, like, nowadays there's lots of alternatives that are at- that are good. And like I said, I think the Beyond Burger is just as good. You don't believe me when I say better, but I'll say it's just as good. I can handle just as good. <laughs> I don't know, Hari. Give people their uh, Beyond Burger promo code, if you don't mind, before we move on. It's- so they can get their discount. It's WDWKGMF. <laughs> Not true. Okay. Um, we're going to do this again in a week with someone else in a quarantine. I don't know how to wrap up the show anymore. <laughs> <laughs> this has been What Do We Know with Hari and Jim. For Jim Flanagan, I'm Hari Rao in the People of Comedy Network Studios. Thank you. Good night, and God bless. Keep on.